رمضان نايتس on Al-Bayan Radio بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم السلام عليكم brothers and sisters welcome to Ramadan Nights on this fifth night of Ramadan I'm your host Abu Abdurrahman and as you can see I'm very pleased and happy to be joined by my dear brother, colleague, travel partner, study partner could continue and go on and on Sheikh Nasim Abadi, Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum wa barakatuhu. It's good to have you back. The pleasure as always, all mine. Alhamdulillah. Why do we always start off with a giggle or a laugh together? I've got no idea. I think maybe because Alhamdulillah, we're so comfortable with each other and uh, we have a, a very decent relationship. <laughs> and so there's a lot of uh, laughs and giggles off air. So when it comes time to be a little bit serious, it just it doesn't work. <laughs> no, I'd like to. Rewind to yesterday's program and see how I started off with Dr. Omar, who was in the same chair you're sitting in now. I don't think it was a giggle or a laugh. Maybe was it just probably frowning? I don't know what was going on. Was it a bit, a bit of bit, a bit of worry, a bit of uh, scare? Uh, I think my relationship with Dr. Omar is different. Good one it's, too, it's, but a bit different. I don't know. Yeah, he didn't play rugby league or stuff like that growing up. So Omar, yeah, I don't, I don't he know. probably was like he building stuff. He's not. The, he's not the sporting type. Yeah, Allah is uh, a special character. But he, he, um, he does play one sport he likes, which is basketball. So we'll ask him next Well, time. I've got a video of him playing tennis. and Maybe, yeah, maybe. I, I know that why that's not his hobby. Yep, maybe. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> anyway, alhamdulillah, it is uh, Ramadan 1443. It's We're in the Ramadan. fifth night, as we mentioned. We'd like to welcome all our listeners listening on Al-Bayan Radio, on our various platforms and our apps, Wi-Fi radios, online, and also watching on YouTube. Please subscribe if you haven't subscribed and share uh, with others who may want to watch, you can leave your comments and comment uh, feedback on on the live stream there, and any questions you may have for Sheikh Nasim, post it there, and we'll try to get to it during the program. Sheikh Nasim, how's the start of Ramadan been for you so far? Uh, so far, Alhamdulillah, it's been uh, quite good. Um, obviously, the past two years have been a bit of a funny one. Um, you know, COVID restrictions, lockdowns, openings. We open for a little bit, then we go back to closing. So. It feels like this year, inshallah, we're over that hurdle, inshallah. Um, it's been a lot more relaxed in the lead up to Ramadan in the terms of restrictions. So there's been already an environment in the lead up to Ramadan, a bit different to previous years. So alhamdulillah for me, it feels, uh, it feels in terms of the masajid, nice, good. Um, I haven't had uh, many issues. Maybe today we'll talk about one about parking. This is just today it came up. But uh, besides that, alhamdulillah, it's been different um, in terms of being more relaxed. Uh, Sheikh Saeed. And Sheikh Amr from Egypt are back at CYC, Allah Mabarik. So they're two that come from um, Egypt. Uh, you know, obviously, Sheikh Amr and, and Sheikh Saeed, you would have met in the past uh, few years. The, the last two years, they weren't able to come because of the closing of the borders. So just seeing them, especially Sheikh Saeed, Hafizullah, it, it's, it's a nice feeling. He's, yes. like a, he's like a Sheikh Khalid. You know, they've got that um, Murabi type persona about them. And Allah Mabarik, and you sit there and you talk to them, and it's just, it's different. So. Uh, Alhamdulillah, the last two nights I was able to pray at CYC and just sit and and listen to the Sheikh's talks and it brings back a lot of good memories from Egypt as we always uh, speak about uh, and also just just being around people where you're the one sitting and just learning and that's what you want that's what you yearn, you yearn for and he just he has that Allah Mubarak about him about and he does it in such a humble manner so maybe that's why I've been Alhamdulillah uh, really in a good mood so today when I seen the parking of some people it just uh, <laughs> down we'll get back bit. to the parking, but for, for the people of Campbelltown, you know, I'm not a big fan of the Campbelltown area. Oh, and that's no. another story. But your in laws live there now, so so you have to no comment. It has to go up. Sheikh Saeed and Sheikh Amr, both of them, Alhamdulillah, I formed a good relationship with, especially Sheikh Amr when I was there, and Sheikh Saeed as well. And I viewed them as as you know, Sheikh Amr. Uh, it's funny because he's like my younger older brother, if that makes any sense. He's younger than me. But because he was one of our Quran teachers when we were there, you know, we looked up to him uh, in that way. And Sheikh Saeed, Allahumma barik lahu, you know, whoever sits with him, as you said, mm. you benefit so much. His style uh, of teaching, his, uh, his murabbi features you mentioned are gold. So anyone who's mm. there, make sure you get out there and uh, try to benefit from two of these mashayikh who are, you know, will benefit you in many ways. ta'ala. Okay, parking every year. It's an issue, and it does go back to a, a bigger issue, doesn't it? It's a it's a massive issue, and it's it's at the core of the person because if the core of the individual 
is upright, then his actions that flow from him are going to also be upright, inshallah. But if his core, there's problems there. Let's, I'm not going to say it's black, it's all problematic. If there's problems there, then they're also going to unfortunately personify into things like bad parking. So I want to start off by saying it's not a Muslim problem. And it's not only our Sha'ab, as a lot of people like to say. This is something that every single community has, whether it's a church, whether it's uh, a nationality, uh, a race. It, everyone has the same issue. Obviously, Allah Mubarak with Muslims is a bit different. One, because we're Muslims, we see our own community more than we see others. But I can give you many examples of, uh, you know, in, uh, in Melbourne, in Melbourne, in Wollongong, we have another place of worship uh, a bit down the road. I don't want to specify the name. Most people that know Masjid Salam in Wollongong are going to know what place I'm talking about. On their busy days, I've seen them park extremely dodgily. But that's not what we're uh, talking about. We're talking about it happens everywhere across the board because we're in our own community. We obviously see it more. So this is one thing. It's not an, our problem. And I don't like when people say, oh, it's only the Muslims or the Muslims are the worst at it. We're not. But we see it more. That's, that's one issue. Second thing is that Allahumma barik, Muslims are much more religious and they're much more likely to implement their religion than other national, than other religions. We're a much more practical religion. You know, we're not so mystic or uh, you know, emotional where it's only about, you know, you're in your connection with God. We have practical acts of worship and a lot of practical acts of worship. And for us, the masjid is a real big place. So we do go to Salat al-Jumu'ah. We do have Taraweeh. And because of that, it happens much more with us. Whereas other religions, they don't, they, their car park doesn't get full. Their place of worship doesn't get full, except on very rare occasions. Allah Mubarak, we've got Salat al-Jumu'ah, where we're always going to be full. And then we've got times like uh, Ramadan, where Allah Mubarak, we're going to be full every single night. That's another thing. The third thing is we need to remember the mindset of the shaitan. Shaitan doesn't care if other religions are doing wrong, because they're already doing wrong. The goal of the shaitan is to take people to the hellfire. And the easiest way is for them to commit shirk, ayyadhan billah. So if they're already committing shirk, the shaitan doesn't have a problem with them per se. Who does the shaitan have a problem with? The Muslims. So any opportunity where they can attack the Muslims, the shaitan will use it to his advantage. Uh, we do know that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he was in Mecca, he wasn't there at a time where you could only worship what Quraysh was worshipping. Every person was welcome to bring his idol and worship in the Kaaba. Every person, no problem. What was the difference with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and his da'wah is that he was calling to the truth. And the shaitan doesn't like that. Hence the shaitan caused a lot of problems for the da'wah of Islam until it led to what it led to with the hijrah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So we need to also keep that in mind that the shaitan doesn't want our masjid to be full. He doesn't want anyone to get to the masjid. Other places get full, maybe people, they get, yeah, whatever, it is what it is. When it comes to the Muslims, the shaitan's also, uh, he's also, how do you translate yuharrid? He's like he's Prompting. fueling the fire yeah. of those people to uh, complain against Islam and the Muslims. So we need to be extremely mindful of that. And before you move on, I think I heard a Liverpool word there. Correct me if I'm wrong. You said they park dodgily. Dodgily. <laughs> <laughs> Other communities park dodgily. Yeah. I've heard they park so dodgy. It comes from the root word dodgy. <laughs> <laughs> Is there such a word as dodgily? I, I can almost guarantee you no. <laughs> The first time I hear but it. it's uh, it's uh, any English teachers out there? Yeah, please look, it, it, it might, you might find it in an urban dictionary somewhere. At least in the in the Liverpool urban dictionary, maybe yeah. Dodgily, and that's like the academic uh, Liverpool uh, lingo. So we're gonna keep that jargon. I'll try and keep it to a minimum uh, in order for the listeners to understand what on earth we're talking about. So this is just an introduction to uh, understanding. It's not just us, Dave. Let's move on a little bit. Us as Muslims, we already know that we are always meant to be people that are positive, productive, giving off those good vibes, uh, winning over people's hearts. You can't do that when you do wrong. It doesn't work. Okay? Uh, we have a beautiful rule in Islam, and that is, Keeping away harm is given precedence over bringing any good. So if you want to talk about a masjid and the good of a masjid and you know, people praying in jama'ah, etc., etc., etc. This is absolutely excellent. But never at the expense of you doing wrong in order to get that benefit. It doesn't work. The rule is to keep away harm, is given precedence over bringing good. So, okay, why do I want to park illegally? Because I'm going to be closer to the masjid, because I'm going to make the first rakah of, of Aisha, uh, because I want to go and worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for longer. 
whatever the person's excuse is, beautiful, Jazakallah khairan. But are you causing problems? Yeah, 100% you're causing problems. And we're going to talk about the consequences, inshallah, towards the end. But you're causing problems. You are bringing problems for the Muslims in the masjid. And as a Muslim, you're not, you can't be selfish. None of you truly believe until you love for your brother what you love for yourself. Islam is a selfless religion. You as a Muslim are meant to be assisting other people. Look at the sadaqah that we give, the zakah that we give, the smile that we give, the salam that we spread, the uh, helping your brother when he's in need, the helping the oppressed. Islam is a selfless religion. We are all about helping others. Your parents, your children, your brothers and sisters, your community, your friends and family. Muslims overseas, simply because they say, La ilaha you are doing whatever you can to assist them to the best of your ability. So when you're in that position and then you contradict that by something as simple as parking illegally, which now brings problem to the message, it puts the message in disrepute with the council, with the neighbors, etc. You're bringing harm for your benefit. We have another rule in Islam. Maslahatul Maslahatul Fard. That the uh, communal benefit is given precedence over the individual benefit. So when you come and you say, all right, I'm going to park here. I'm going to block the driveway. I'm going to park in the no parking. When you go and do that, then what are you causing? You're causing harm for the other four, 500 people that are praying in the masjid. How is your benefit equal in any way, shape or form, justified, okay, in, uh, so equal in any way, shape or form to these people's benefit? Well, how do you justify that wrong that you do where for your individual benefit you could cause harm to everyone else? Imagine literally, imagine sinning on the Day of Judgment and you're a reason a message was shut down or had uh, further restrictions placed on it. And again, we'll talk about some of the restrictions, inshallah. All that needs to happen, really, is a person simply ask himself when they do any act, whether it's when they get dressed, when they speak, when they uh, do with people, when they buy food, doesn't matter what they do. Ask yourself, is this what Islam wants from me, yes or no? It's not hard. When you're walking and you see another Muslim, for example, does Islam want you to give salam, yes or no? Yes. So what do you do? You give salam. When you enter the masjid, do you pray to rakat? Is that what Islam wants from you? Yes or no? Yes. When uh, you're buying food and you only buy halal, is that what Islam wants from you? Yes or no? Yes. So you do it because the answer is yes. Tayyib, at this time, parking, I can clearly see because I've seen someone comes out of the car, sees no parking and just walks off. <laughs> is this what Islam wants from you? For you now to blacken the image of Islam and the Muslims, is that what Islam wants from you? You answer me. Is it a yes or is it a no, your hajj? The answer is going to be clear. You're going to tell me no. So then why do it? And this is what I was talking about in that call, that when we know we need to change our souls for Islam, anything that comes with Islam, it is not what I like. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blamed the scholars from previous nations. Why? Because they took part and they left part. And he says, do you believe in some of the book and disbelieve in some? That's not what who we're meant to be. That's not what we're meant to implement. We're meant to accept everything. Oh, you who believe, enter into Islam completely. So when I go and I want to park my car, is it something that Islam wants? Like a normal parking spot? Khair barakah, park there, of course. But when I'm going to go park in a street that makes it hard for people to go through, and then someone calls counsel and complains, or I park in someone else's driveway, and that's their right for have, to have no one park in their driveway, or I park in a, a place where I'm blocking off other cars, how does Islam want that from you? So don't do it. If the answer is no, don't do it. And again, Islam is a selfless religion. Inside your core, you should be selfless. People need my assistance. I help them to the best of my ability. If I need to come late, no, you should have it. Then the Prophet ﷺ tell us, don't rush to the salah. Go to the salah and you're in a noble and tranquil manner. Pray what you can with the imam. And if you miss anything, you make it up after them. No, you should. Inshallah, you missed the whole of Aisha. No problem. Because you had no choice. You're going to get rewarded for your intention. And you didn't do anything wrong. You didn't do anything wrong. But if you go and you park illegally, you could cause issues for the masjid. And that masjid that I was talking about has already issues with the strata that they're at. Uh, you could cause issues for the masjid. There's no way that strata, that complex that they're at, is going to want to assist them in any way, shape or form. They're already working on a very short um, uh, avail availability of usage. Number two, could cause problems with council. And again, we're going to get to some of the major consequences, inshallah. Just like in Ramadan, we're very careful. You know, when we make wudu, it's a sunnah to gargle and to sniff the water as high as you can. But we don't do that in Ramadan when we're fasting. Why? 
just in case it goes down the throat to the inside of the body, it breaks you fast. So in order to avoid unnecessary problems, you stay away from it altogether. Tayyib, you now are going to park. It's not a sunnah to park in any particular place. Just before you continue, you, you still do it, but you don't be excessive. You, you, don't, you, don't, get, you yeah, don't get excessive in it. In order for you not to lead to any issues. When you go and park your car, it's it's not about, well, it's a sunnah if I park my car here or I park my car there. You're meant to park in a place where you're meant to park. The other one is a sunnah. To exaggerate in the gargling and the sniffing of the water mm. is a sunnah. But you're not doing that for a greater purpose. Don't park your car wrong, which is not a sunnah in itself, in order to cause harm on the Muslims. I've mentioned consequences a few times. What are some consequences that happen when people park illegally? A lot of people, and again, this is from the selfishness. They think, uh, if I park illegally, let the council give me a fund, I'll pay it. Jazakallah khair and barakallah azza wa jal Even though the Muslims are more worthy of that money, but let's put that aside. If an organization is responsible for the parking problems, the council can close them down. If people are parking illegally everywhere and the council comes and they give people fines, if you as a masjid or an organization, whatever it is, are the reason for them parking illegally, even if it's a public road, you could be, a, the, the council could shut down that organization or masjid or place of worship or business or whatever it is because it's the reason it's causing issues. So you need to be very careful. And there have been masjid where the council did come and want to shut them down. They actually came and they wanted to shut them down. And the councils are quite patient, alhamdulillah, with us and, and the Muslims and uh, they're very understanding. So they do, they are quite flexible. But if they get complaints and the, the issue is happening habitually, problem time after time after time, after time every single night, complain, 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 the council have no, no choice except to investigate. And when it finds the finding, they might put heavy restrictions on the masjid. There were some masjid, the council wanted to put one car spot per 1.5 people. So right now, so people know, a council can put uh, for every person that comes, when they give them a day, how many people can be inside, they can put anywhere from 1 to 10 people. So the council can say, okay, you have 100 people. It means you need 100 car spots. Or it could say you need only 10 car spots. It's up to the council's discretion. The council wanted to put, for this particular masjid, not the one that I was at, but one of the masjid, one car spot per 1.5 people. So if there's 150 people inside, how many car spots need to be outside? 100. If there's 200, if there's 300 people inside, how many car spots need to be outside? 200. We are averaging, mashallah, like three, 400 in a normal masjid. In a normal masjid. How many car spots do you think it's going to need? You're going to need over 200 car spots for just those people. We don't have that much, uh, that many car spots in the masjid. We don't have that, that many car spots. So people need to be very careful because if the council does become strict because of a person's wrong actions, that's on you and it can happen. It's not just about you getting a fine individually. The council won't just look at you. Okay, even if you get a fine, so what? The reason it's happening and, it's gonna, and it continues to happen is because of this place of worship, they could come down hard. So please, brothers and sisters, be extremely careful when it comes to the, the consequences. Barakallah uh, Sheikh Nassim for that Ramadan parking advice. Not only Ramadan, Jum'ah. Everything. There's events. Uh, so brothers, uh, you know, take care of the image of Islam. That's the most important thing. You know, we, we are in the end of the day all, all calling to Islam in, in any way, shape or form. Or in various shapes and forms, just us being Muslim, if a sister is wearing a hijab or a brother has a beard or is wearing a thawb, you're a representative of Islam, whether you like it or not. They're going to look at you and think this is Islam. So take care of the most precious thing you have in, in your life, which is Islam. Look after it, treasure it, and give uh, a good uh, a good example of it to others. Uh, moving on now, Sheikh Nassim, we've finished with uh, the, the Ramadan park. parking yes. uh, dilemma. Parking zam, inshallah. Uh, the rent's over. The topic or, or the main topic is what after Ramadan with the big fat question mark. What's, what's this topic what's about? What's after Ramadan? Okay, so I think the mindset needs to change from Ramadan because of Ramadan mm. to Ramadan for what's after Ramadan. And this mindset is going to dictate your actions. Remember, mindsets and philosophies and ways of thinking, this is going to set you up for the future. If a person's thinking, and this is the vast majority of Muslims, I'm going to be a righteous Muslim in, in Ramadan, 
For what reason? For Ramadan. As soon as Ramadan's finished, what's going to happen? All the bad habits come back, back and all of the benefit from Ramadan is gone. And this is a massive issue. And we know, and I'm sure we've spoken about it so many times on the radio. We have. Point of Ramadan, in order for you to attain taqwa. Now, if you are aiming for that purpose, then you know taqwa is not limited to Ramadan. You know taqwa is meant to continue after Ramadan. Why doesn't it? Why do people fail? There are many reasons from the main ones is because we've already put in our mindset that my religiosity is going to stop on the night of Eid. I'm going to be religious. Zina, no. Alcohol, no. Gambling, no. Haram, haram uh, weddings, no. Music, no. Drug dealing, no. Drug taking, no. Uh, yani, posting stupid TikToks of myself, <laughs> no. So much stops. So much stops inside the month of Ramadan. And then so much good comes. Masjid every single day, obviously fasting. Some people that never read Quran, mashallah, they start reading Quran. Uh, you know, dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives so much in sadaqah. There's so much good that happens in the month of Ramadan. This is excellent. What happens on the day of Eid and what's after Eid? A lot of people, unfortunately, they simply drop off. And they just, khalas, it's all done, it's all finished. Ramadan's over. I'm going to pack that suitcase up and inshallah, azza wa jal, I'll bring it back out, uh, you know, 1444 uh, for next year, inshallah, next Ramadan. And it can't be like that. And if you have that intention from now, then you're going to fall into a lot of mistakes. So the first step from for us that's needed and required right now is that we change our mindset. That it's not about Ramadan for Ramadan, but Ramadan for what? After Ramadan. Ramadan, dear brothers and sisters, is a boost. It's not the goal. Yes, there's a lot of things to achieve inside of Ramadan, like Laylatul Qadr, etc. But it's a boost for the rest of the year. You know, this ibadah, the increased acts of worship, the increasing uh, in iman, the, tr the training, the cleansing of the body, the purification of the soul. All of these things, is it for Ramadan itself? No, obviously not. It's meant to continue after Ramadan. So when you have that mindset, inshallah, Azza wa Jal, you're going to find yourself in a much better place after Ramadan. Mindset, very important. So use Ramadan as a sort of training for how life should be after Ramadan. 100%. It's like a boot camp. So it's like an Iman boot camp. How you are in terms of taqwa, avoiding the haram and doing all that Allah has ordered you to do. How you are in your prayers. How you are in, in what you say and what you do. How you are with your family. And overall, your link with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If, if you liken it to a boot camp or, or a strict diet, yani a person comes to you and he tells you, uh, Abu Abdurrahman, I'm going to Thailand. I'm going to do this one-month uh, training course. Please, not, not Thailand. Yeah, no, the good place of Thailand. No, 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 Thailand, because <laughs> our, our tech team loves Thailand. Oh, he does. He does. Yeah, uh, like the leader of our tech team, he loves Thailand. He, he, he wishes always to remain ranting on about it. You know, unnamed, but he loves Thailand. Yeah. In so, a good way, for, just for the listeners. In, in a good way. Yeah. In a good way. In a good way. He, ha, in, in, okay. yeah. uh, he always like, rants on about it. Huh? I think we need to go one day, Mr. Mr. Tech Man. We need to go one day, inshallah, Azza wa Jal. Alhamdulillah, he's, he's got the thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> he turned us off. <laughs> so let's say he goes, you know, he's going this, uh, you know, one month strict uh, training regime. He's, you know, it's sweaty, he's humid, and but he's achieved excellent stuff. Yep. His cardio is up, his, his fitness is up, he's, he's done so much benefit in that one month. Then he comes back and he says, you know, that's it, alhamdulillah, I've done my one month. I'm going to just... Pack it in. Pack it in. It's gone. It's finished. Here come the chocolates. Here come the chips. Forget exercise. Stickers. Yeah. I'll, inshallah, I'll, I'll, I'll be better in one month. You just look at him like, okay, like you got the experience. Well done. Maybe you got to see a few things, but what was the point of it? A serious question. What was the point of it? And you already know you're kind of, you're going to come back and you're going to waste all everything that you've done, everything that you worked for. What was the point of it? The point of it is to give you a boost. It's meant to help you. It's meant to give you an advantage. You're meant to come back and you're meant to continue the upward trajectory. But you come back and you just let it all go. What was the point of that? Or a person who says, look, I'm going to go on a you know strict diet for, for two months. I'm going to get down you know, 20, 30 kilos maybe. But then after that, inshallah, I'm going to binge again. Well, what's the point of going on the diet in the first place? You're, you're, you're just cancelling out any good that you're doing. For what reason? A lot of us are doing that in Ramadan. We're coming into Ramadan, we're using Ramadan as this one-month boot camp, cleansing. We've done so much goodness, but then we're just going to go back and wreck it after Ramadan. You can't have that. Ramadan's a boost. 
you're already doing good. You're already meant to be doing good. Ramadan comes, boom. You know, it's like that moss in, in the car. Okay? You're giving yourself that boost. And then that boost is meant to continue after Ramadan also, inshallah. But again, it starts with what? It starts with that mindset. It starts with that mindset. After that mindset comes putting things into place. You now have to put things into place for you to ensure that mindset becomes action, inshallah. What's the saying? Those that fail to plan, plan to fail. Okay, so those that fail to plan, plan to fail. You saying to yourself, okay, done, yes, 100%. What Nasim and Abu Abdurrahman are talking about on the radio, you know what? Khalas. This year, I want it to be different. Beautiful. We say, Jazakumullah khairan, barakallah azza wa jal fiqh. What are you going to do different after Ramadan? Well, I don't know. What are you going to change after Ramadan? Well, I'm 50-50. How are you going to change then? Old habits die hard. You're going to finish Ramadan and then you're going to get exactly how you were before. Everyone wants to be religious after Ramadan. Everyone wants to quit smoking after Ramadan. Everyone wants to continue praying in the masjid after Ramadan. Everyone wants to learn how to read Quran after Ramadan. But why doesn't it eventuate? Even if there was a real sincere intention before. Because there isn't that truthfulness. And this is the difference between al-ikhlas and al-sidq. Ikhlas is, okay, that intention. Al-sidq is you implementing the truthfulness, you implementing that intention now. Yeah, we all want to go to Hajj. We all want to go to Umrah. But am I putting things in place for me to get there? Like saving money, etc.? We all want to get married, okay, but am I working on myself in order for me to prepare myself for marriage? Am I working, my saving, is my character in line with it? Am I actively looking for a spouse in the through the right channels, etc.? You know, one, one thing you just mentioned there, I remembered uh, about Sidq there, Sidq there, having truthfulness, especially regarding the Shahada, it being one of the conditions. And one of the ulama explained that he said, you know, in, in line with what they're speaking about now, that Sidq, having true truthfulness is that what you do, your actions, uh, what you say is in line with, with with what's in your heart, and, and this is very important. So not only must you, you know, have it in the heart, you know, have that firm will and determination in the heart, but your sayings and actions must show that. And this is very important with with you know, you know, sticking firm after Ramadan uh, and all actions of Islam. And we have the Hadith of the Prophet That's it. If you're truthful to Allah. Allah will be truthful to you. And if you seriously intend, and then your actions, obviously, and that includes speech, if your speech and your actions is in line with that intention, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to give you what you want. But there needs to be that truthfulness. There needs to be the action that goes in line with your intention. So that mindset's there. Okay, now what are you going to change in your life? If you, for example, smoke, excuse me, or vape, if you, or vape, that's another big, big, big. Um, issue now i've been seeing it a lot especially in the last the few days in the masjid um, especially outside and now because it's you know it's easily hidden it's you know i've even like my Allah forgive the brother Amen. um seemed like a good brother because he hid it as i'm walking out of the masjid the brothers walking in and it looked like he was going to take one final puff before he steps in the masjid like right in the door and he saw me and he sort of like you know he felt a bit you know, which is a good quality. May Allah reward him Amen. and guide him and make it, allow him to quit things which harm him. And um, he put it away. And I've seen brothers in the last few weeks as well on the steps of of, of some of the masajid, you know, hiding and and and, and you know, it's you know. a lot of people think that it's it's halal because they, it's not as, it's not harmful. No, it's actually very harmful. It's very harmful, and in many cases, it actually uh, deteriorates the lungs quicker than an actual cigarette. So people need to not be fooled as to what's in uh, these types of vapes, uh, especially the youth. Especially the youth, their bodies are still developing, their lungs are still developing, etc. Many of them, they're ending up with really bad lung issues because of what the vape is, is doing to them, especially the flavored ones. So people need to be very, very, very careful with that. So a person wants to quit smoking, for example, and I, use, and I say quit smoking a lot because a lot of people, they say, I want to quit smoking, and Ramadan is like an ideal time for many because they're already from Fajr to Maghrib, they're not smoking. One of the, the things that you need to uh, do to assist you quit smoking is not hang out with smokers. If you want to quit smoking, sometimes you are strong enough yourself to quit smoking, but when you're surrounded by it 24-7, what, what ends up happening? Okay, it becomes very easy to fall back into that habit of smoking. People offering you, you smelling it all the time. You have to change. Okay, so you need to change that environment. Uh, one person, you know, he... He's like 
الله يهديه هي الدين ويصلحه هي الدين سبحان الله يعني a lot of time you'll be swearing أنا أخي why يعني are you swearing like, الله يهديك stop swearing and he apologized but he goes because of the environment that he was in everyone's swearing so it became a, a habit for him this is a problem okay certain people um, they will dress a certain way they will talk a certain way they will spend money a certain way they will eat certain foods where they're not meant to eat or they will belittle certain topics or they'll start looking at haram whatever it is whatever haram it is a person if you're not making if you're not taking practical steps to move away from the reasons you're falling into them then what's going to happen after Ramadan you're going to fall back into it again you're going to fall back into it again a sahib sahib as we always say a sahib the friend sahib is a person who's going to pull you if he's upon bad then he's going to pull you towards that bad mm, okay or if you ask yourself why aren't I improving so let's say your friends they're not necessarily pushing you towards haram but they're like flat they're not none of you know how to read Quran none of you pray Aisha regularly in the masjid you don't get to lessons you know it's easy for you to um, you know stay away or talk without knowledge whatever it is okay why aren't you taking the next step even though every Ramadan you want to every Ramadan it's I want to learn Quran after Ramadan you know we always get after Ramadan Sheikh please I want to learn Quran where do I learn sometimes the friends that you're around they're not pushing you towards that goodness Al-Mar'u the man is on the religion of his friend. So let everyone be one of you for, so let every one of you beware of who he takes as a close friend. So maybe you are not hanging around the people or the environments that's pushing you to get better. I know some brothers who maybe about three years ago they started learning Quran. Until today, they haven't gotten better. And it's a whole group of them. Why? Because they're all with each other. They started together, but then they all stopped together. They one of them drops off, one of them becomes lazy, خلص, they all they all go in. Maybe hang out with different people. Doesn't mean you need to cut them off altogether. But it might, need, you need, might mean you need to limit your time with them or find other alternatives when it comes to the good stuff. So you got to make those practical changes. If you don't make those practical changes or you don't set actual goals, okay, I want to start attending lessons. In Ramadan, it's a beautiful time because we see the message is full. It's also a sad time because we see how many mistakes I made in Salah and, and the like. Uh, okay, I want to learn my religion after. Beautiful. May Allah Azra bless you in your search of knowledge. What steps are you going to take? I'm going to learn. I want to go. Okay, what lessons? How many a week? Where are you going to start? Have you sat down and spoken to someone, sought some advice on it? If you don't have the, the plan to change and there's practical steps to change, then you're going you're gonna to struggle after Ramadan. And we don't want that to happen. We want to use Ramadan, as we mentioned, as that boost in order for us to be able to benefit, inshallah. Now, Sheikh Naseem, I've noticed on your social media pages you've been putting uh, Ramadan tips and the like. What motivated you to do that this year? What motivated me to do the practical Ramadan tips? <laughs> so, uh, I'm not, I don't like the theoretical stuff too much. And sometimes I think a lot of people, they can make the mistake of talking to people as if they're at their level. So, Alhamdulillah, if a person's been in the deen for a few years now, maybe they have a bit of knowledge, um, they're used to certain ibadat, they're, certain, they're used to a certain lifestyle, their friends and their family, they encourage them, etc. Sometimes they talk to people and it doesn't resonate with a lot of others. Or sometimes they, because of their environment, they hear certain things and they benefit from certain things that other people won't. You know, like we just said about Sheikh Saeed, when you're sitting with Sheikh Khalid, sometimes when you're sitting, it's just one sentence that they say, which, wallahi, could actually be life-changing. Literally, life-changing. So firstly, we encourage, obviously, everyone to be as uh, in, a, in as much of a productive and positive environment as, as possible. That's an obvious one. So what about these people? I, I do try my best to get the people who, they love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they love the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They love Ramadan, they do want to change, they, they want to achieve all of these things. But sometimes they struggle, and their struggles are simple. If they just changed a few things, then they'll find themselves in a much better position. And that's what I wanted to do. Like with the Ramadan, uh, practical Ramadan tips, I wanted to take even the normal dunya stuff, Get into and, and just, or, or deen stuff, and inshallah, there's obviously going to be much more. Just uh, just a tip, which will make your Ramadan easier, inshallah, yeah, um, more fruitful. Yeah, alhamdulillah, like the first tip you spoke about, you know, um, visiting and, and inviting and, and then 
having a balance regarding that. But then we move on to the second one. Only eat uh, iftar, uh, an amount that when you're finished, you can still very easily, very easy, very in capitals, easily move around, pray, breathe, and are comfortable. Yes. Not eating much is not only healthier, but one of the greatest and easiest means to achieving concentration and enjoyment in Isha and Taraweeh, if need be, eat again after water. Yeah, so that's not necessarily medical advice, <laughs> but this is just for salah. In Ramadan, the doctors can be a bit lenient. The next one, um, next one, I sent you a message regarding it. Practical yes. <laughs> Ramadan tip three. You can comment on both uh, after this. Stretch, do lower yes. back exercises, <laughs> and hydrate well at iftar to assist in avoiding pains and aches during taraweeh. Dr. Nazir will like this. Yeah, well, he's the one, alhamdulillah, for his clinic that I benefited from a lot of that. Yeah. Uh, obviously, let's start with the iftar one. Uh, alhamdulillah, again, we've mentioned this plenty of time. This stomach is not from food. This is from chips and chocolate at 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the morning. Don't do that. That's problematic. Okay? Uh, don't eat much. Don't eat much at iftar time. We have a hadith. It, the third, the third, the third. If you know yourself... Okay, you don't need to uh, still be hungry. You don't need to finish eating and still be hungry. And the men of the alamah speak against that. Okay, you don't need to finish your food and still be hungry. But be alhamdulillah content. Be content where you're comfortable. I've eaten. I don't feel like eating again. I don't feel weak. I've got enough strength to get up and do whatever I need to do. When you eat a little bit, you're going to be able to enjoy your salah, inshallah. And that's why I said very easily. You should be able to, as soon as you finish eating, get up and, and walk around and move you don't have to, but I'm saying you should be able to. When you get to Salah, remember it takes a few minutes for your stomach to tell your brain you're full. So if you don't know that you're full and you eat, 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 if you eat until you're full, it means you've got another few minutes of continuous eating, which Allah Alam, what position is going to put you in. We've all been in a position where you feel bloated or you, you feel uh, that you've eaten too much and you can't breathe. Alhamdulillah, the last time that happened to me was years ago. And that's because I hate that feeling. You can't breathe, you can't move. You can't think, you can't concentrate. When you go to the masjid, if you're able to go, you hate the imam. <laughs> like he becomes your biggest enemy, right? Because he could be reading Qul Hulaw Ahad, and in your mind it starts with Alif Lamim. Because you're thinking it's Al Baqarah. And it's just Qul Hulaw Ahad. Doesn't matter what it is. You can't concentrate. All the blood and oxygen is going down to your stomach to try and break down whatever you ate. You know, the khuruf, Allah mabarik, that you ate at iftar time. And so you can't concentrate. So you're moving around. You're huffing and puffing. You can't breathe properly. You're not going to be able to relax. If you can't relax, how are you going to concentrate? If you can't concentrate, how are you going to enjoy your salah? Naam. So when you're eating less, okay, you're able to achieve all of that. And if you're still hungry, and many people do, they go back home and they eat after winter, whether it's right after winter or... You know, it's uh, in an hour after that or whatever it may be. That's what I personally so, prefer. So, you know, you going and doing that, you're going to enjoy your salah. Because you're nice, you're, you're mobile, you're flexible, you're doing all of that, alhamdulillah. We get to the second post, Stretching. the stretches. Uh, most people, especially those that have the Lebanese back. <laughs> the Lebanese bad back, yeah. not the Lebanese back. <laughs> they, they've got, um, they have, you know, muscle aches, they've got cramps in tarawih. You know, when they stand up, you see them moving, exercising. I've seen someone do a squat. <laughs> you know, you see all all uh, types of uh, funny and amazing things during uh, Taraweeh. Is that what I think it is? All right, Bring them we'll, in, we'll mate. Pause. Bring them in. <laughs> Bring in the coffees. We have some coffees coming in. And now we're going to have to break oh, and speak well, about the coffee. What's going on here? Is that what they do these days? Oh, it's, it's, this is delivered coffee. Because, you know, as it is today, well, I'm, uh, we couldn't get the coffee beforehand. Mm, yeah. So it's wrapped. I'm scared we're going to get the hain. Yeah. I just thought off, off camera. <laughs> so what are you drinking, Sheikh Nassim, as we're opening our coffees? Uh, double shot piccolo. Well, I'm drinking the same thing. Yes, I've had my double espresso. Yeah. So now this is a bit of tislay. So, so how are you with coffee? If you don't drink coffee during the day in Ramadan, do you do you feel um, head spins as some people do? Headaches? I, I was just telling the, brother, the brothers the other week. Allah I was gifted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for for some reason about a week before Ramadan, I kept forgetting to take my coffee with me. So usually when I leave the house, I'll make my coffee and go. And either I'll forget to make it or or my I'd forget to tell my wife or 
son if he's at home to make it. Uh, it's very simple, just double espresso. Or I'll, if they did make it, I'd forget to take it. So I think that was a bit of uh, lead up work into Ramadan. So inshallah, that was a gift. I'll take it as that, inshallah, and not any early signs of amnesia, la qaddarallah. Uh, but now, alhamdulillah, I don't. That helped, obviously. But usually, now I'm fine, alhamdulillah. That's good. And so, usually, I'm fine, alhamdulillah. You know, some, you know, some health advice is to wean off it slowly before Ramadan begins so you don't have the, that headache problem. Now, moving back to, you know, um, some practical Ramadan tips, and that's stretch, do lower back exercises, and hydrate well. I've uh, to assist in avoiding pains and aches during Taraweeh. So, so going back to the Taraweeh and the funny things that you see in the Taraweeh, a lot of it goes back to simply not stretching, you know, especially with the cramps that a lot of people get. Or there's, especially people that get, if you have your spine, okay, just, you know, a few centimeters uh, out from your spine, you've got sometimes a really sharp, dull pain. Not a really sharp, dull pain, it's an oxymoron. You've got a really sharp pain or something just feels like a, not a, no, it's not a sharp, it's a dull pain, okay? Just feels like a dull pain, just squeezing at your lower back. And you're like, how do I get rid of that? So you see people, you know, squeezing it, like uh, putting their, uh, not squeezing it, digging their thumbs into it or trying to stretch out their stomach, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If you can do some lower back exercise during, during the day, you mentioned do it after iftar. Don't do it after iftar. That's going to be a bit uh, of a struggle. But do it, do it during the day. Um, Alhamdulillah, I had some lower back issues for years when I was young. Um, Alhamdulillah, I mean, they're not as prevalent nowadays. Alhamdulillah. And Allah Mubarak, Dr. Nazir, very, 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 very good physio. Tabarakallah. So obviously, they give you just a generic chart you can find yeah. online uh, on certain back exercises that, uh, that certain exercises that help with lower back pain and you know um, fixing the muscles and helping the muscles there and it takes literally a few minutes like I'm talking about two, three four minutes a set of X three four minutes you're done if you can do that twice a day Allahumma barik yani you're laughing all the way tarawih as they say if we had more room you can show us but yeah today. I probably don't think it's the best thing for me to show you I'll do cheat a little bit uh, but that's a good thing about it, yeah. And he, even cheating a little bit, it, it helps. I usually do it straight out. I'll do it, sometimes do it after salah. So if I, for example, uh, if I pray pray fajr, it's if I didn't make it in the masjid, or if um, later on during the day, like let's say I wake up a bit uh, later on after if I went back to sleep after fajr, praying duha or even some of duhr, okay. After you pray, when you finished, okay, you you've done what you've done. Khalas, you're already on the floor. Just uh, lay down then, and uh, three minutes. Even now, my children start doing it, so it's uh, it helps a lot. Anjad, when you go, it really makes your tarawih easier. And obviously, the hydration part, you know, the water. If your muscles, people that are eating a lot of salty food on at iftar time and drinking all this soft drink, besides the unhealthy part, your your body doesn't have any water in it. Your body needs water. It's been fasting all day, and now you just gave it uh, an overload of work to do. You know, with the salt and the soft drinks. And now you really need water. So what, what happens when your body needs uh, these things? Well, a lot of the time it's cramps. Now, which brings me to the, the final practical Ramadan tip for tonight. Maybe in the upcoming weeks, we'll mention <laughs> more on air. And, and don't forget to subscribe to Sheikh Nassim's social media. It's quite beneficial on Facebook and Instagram. Nassim that Instagram, Abidi. by the way, just so everyone knows, is not run by me. I advise people, if you can, get off Instagram. Okay, but that's not run by me, it's run by someone I'm alhamdulillah, in close contact with, so that it's just like screenshots and they post we're, we're just in case someone wants to. We're, we're going to have a whole um program about um social media, the pros and cons, and, and to do's and don'ts. And uh, let's be practical. Um, we can tell them all day to get off it, and they're not most people will not get off it, they're going to use it. So, what, what do we do? Um, from what angle it depends what angle you look at it, it's for another discussion for another day, but we'll get to it. This one, um, I couldn't help but laugh when I read it. Oh, no. Because it sounded like a... Uh, Here we go. Like a... Uh, um, a sales pitch? Like, no, a sales pitch <laughs> like, a, uh, like a health ad. Practical Ramadan tip four. Instead of soft drinks at iftar time, yes. drink flavoured sparkling water. Yes. They're nice. You're <laughs> hydrating. And <laughs> I couldn't... Let me see if I can finish it. They're nice. You're hydrating. And because of the gas, <laughs> they assist with burping. You and you go. have etiquettes, have etiquette in commas there or in brackets. Sorry, have etiquette. 
making a bit more room in the stomach to be comfortable not to eat more. No, too much sparkling water can <laughs> cause bloating. <laughs> so just be a bit careful yeah. if you're new to it. Yes. I'm a big believer in sparkling water. It's my, uh, I, every day, alhamdulillah. So you add drink, anything uh, to it? Sparkling water. Do you add like a, you know? Oh, look, flavor? if I'm feeling fancy, or they really come flavoured. Uh, I just buy the ones that are ready made. Um, obviously, people, they can buy the the ones that have, they carbonate the water themselves at home. Apparently, yes. it's a lot cheaper. Uh, I haven't looked into it yet. Maybe just out of laziness. But uh, you get the flavoured ones already there. No sugar, no calories, no nothing. It's just literally water, but, uh, gassy water. <laughs> no, I'm not a big, I'm not a big fan of sparkling water. I've oh, tried no. it, but yeah, uh, do 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 try to keep away from soft drinks, Pepsi, yeah. Coke, and uh, V's and yeah. the like. With you know, the sugar you know is shocking, and sugar is one of the worst um, things you can take, and really a big big uh, cause of many modern day illnesses. May Allah protect us yeah. and. And as Muslims, we should try and look after our bodies to the best of our ability, eat well. Because um, it's all, it's all, you know, all comes in, uh, all affects one another. When you when you think of it, you know, your health, um, your sleep, your exercise, uh, your environment, and obviously the most important thing, your worship. And this is what is being preached now. You know, they replace worship or ibadah with, you know, with meditating Meditation. and, and and yoga and all this pondering other stuff, pondering world. it. But as Muslims, alhamdulillah, this is all found in our religion in terms of, you know, a link with, with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have the five daily prayers, you know. Health, we should look after it. Your body has a right above you. It's a, You know, Allah owns our bodies. We are entrusted with it to look after it. You know, um, your environment, you spoke about environment before. You're very, very important in your environment, you know, because that's the a major factor in, in how you feel and how you act and what you do and where you come and where you go. Uh, food, we've spoken about that many times. You know, you food affects you a lot. You know, the, you know, you spoke before the effects of overeating. We know that's one of the biggest causes of, of weight gain and then all the results of illnesses related to obesity. And then we know what that leads to, and so on and so forth. To, yes, we're having a bit of a you know a lighthearted discussion about it. But they're but very, very important. It's very important for the Muslim to look after his health, to be active, not be stationary. Be active, you know. As a Muslim, you know, uh, one of our ulama, one of our mashayikh, his exercise daily was just to walk to and from the masajid for the five daily prayers. If he's, the masjid's 10, 15 minutes away from his house, you know, even 10 minutes, that's your, that, that's your, your activity. Your body is being used. And, and when you're active, you feel better. You sleep better. You, you know, you, you, you feel better overall. You eat better, and the rest of us. So, Jazakallah khairan. I believe more of it needs to be done. Yes, I had a laugh, but I think it it should be addressed more with with adam. With you know, obviously we we're not mentioning it without checking the facts that we you know we're sharing. But I believe I believe it's very important. And I try as much as I can to to spread information you know from the, the right sources, obviously regarding this, because some of the stuff our, our you know our people our youth are doing is it's gonna just gonna affect them in the long run. Like in terms of health, and 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 and, and their mind more more importantly, their mind you know we get shattered if if they continue eating what they're eating, smoking what they're smoking, and and we're, we're talking halal and haram. You know some of this stuff is is you know outright haram, and even in halal over exceeding and over being over excessive can be harmful. Sheikh Nasim, sadly we've come to the end of tonight's program. Any final comments? All the reminders that you hear in Ramadan, take them seriously. Unless they're from certain individuals, we won't mention who they are. But uh, on a serious note, all the all the reminders that you hear in Ramadan, take them seriously because this is, inshallah, as we mentioned, a boost for you to benefit after Ramadan. If all your acts of worship and all the reminders are going to come in one ear and leave the other, what are you going to take after Ramadan? Okay, this is the season for the believer. For him to benefit as much as possible, for him to be able to, inshallah, Azza wa Jal, move forward after Ramadan, he needs to prepare for now, inside the month of Ramadan. And one thing that will make uh, his path easier and will give him a shortcut, you know, the tricks and tips are the reminders. Whether you hear them at, you know, at Taraweeh or you hear them online, take them seriously. And inshallah, Azza wa Jal, you'll find the fruits of them in this dunya and you'll find that goodness that the people are speaking about. And then more importantly, in the hereafter, with Allah. Allahu Akbar. Barakallahu feek, Sheikh Nasim. Now, there is a question, but 
we addressed some of it. It's up to you if you want to you know, give a f- some quick advice regarding it or leave it to the next episode. I've heard one of the signs of an accepted Ramadan is your condition after Ramadan. What are some ways we can try to continue the extra acts of worship after Ramadan and fight off laziness? Tayyib, if you fulfilled the purpose, then yes, it's a sign of acceptance, which is to be from the Muttaqin, or at bare minimum, that a person's on their way from, on their way to being from the Muttaqin. Just very, 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 very simply, an easy way is for you to set your goals. What do you want to continue after Ramadan? So if, mashallah, you're praying Taraweeh every single night, you're praying your Sunnah prayers, okay, what weren't you doing before Ramadan and what are you going to start doing after Ramadan? So let's say you pray your, let's say you don't pray. Well, okay, your start is your five daily prayers. That's a sign of you increasing, inshallah. If you pray, but you never pray your Sunnah prayers, okay, start praying your Sunnah prayers. If, mashallah, you pray your Sunnah prayers, then, okay, add two rak'at of Qiyam al-Layl. If you don't read Quran, okay, now start reading Quran. And you learn. If you don't know the story, then learn. If you know how to read Quran, but you don't, okay, start with, you know, one page, two pages a day. If, mashallah, you do one page, two pages a day, what are you going to increase to? Five pages, ten pages a day after Ramadan. If you don't have, you know, much knowledge, okay, what lessons are you going to join after Ramadan? So set your goals from now of what you want to achieve, inshallah. That's a big start. And then secondly, what bad were you doing before Ramadan, especially from major sins or continuous minor sins, and how are you going to rid yourself of them after Ramadan, inshallah. This is a very good start because it's building that platform of ibadah for uh, after Ramadan, inshallah, azawajal. And that's the key to taqwa. Ya ayyuhan nas, u'abudu rabbakum aladhi khalakakum aladhina min qablikum la'allakum tattakun o mankind. Worship ibadah, worship your Lord, the one who created you and the ones before you in order for you to attain taqwa. So that those acts of worship, doing good, staying away from bad, having that plan set out. You're not going to change your whole life, but plan set out a beginning which is a platform for you to build on, inshallah, azawajal. Wallahu a'ala. Barakallahu feek, Sheikh Naseem. We'd like to thank you once again and thank all our listeners and viewers who tuned in tonight. Don't forget to download the Albion Radio app from the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store and also to subscribe to our YouTube channels, Instagram, TikTok and also our podcast channels. You can listen to all our original programming daily. Alhamdulillah, in Ramadan there is daily uploads on uh, Podbean, also on, on Apple Podcasts, uh, SoundCloud and Google Podcasts so you can subscribe to them you can find them on our YouTube channel as well and listen to all our programs we'd like to thank you one more time and until next time Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa This program was presented by Al Bayan Radio the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah